Welcome, welcome to another... The official podcast of The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. The Leaky Cauldron. Do you hear that, Ern? The Leaky Cauldron. Just go. You're wasting time. Welcome to Pottercast, your number one source for news, theories, discussion and interviews with people from the Potter books and films. I know a small amount myself having written the books. My name is J.K. Rowling. I am now happy to introduce your hosts, Melissa, John and Sue. And Frank. Welcome, welcome. We are the four regular Pottercasters joined by a billion people on the internet. A gajillion people all at once. If you ever want to hear us recording one of these live shows, keep an eye on Pottercast.com and on LeakyNews.com, where you can see an announcement, which will tell you when you, when we record our shows on TalkShoe, and you can join us. Yes. It's wonderful. Or just figure out when somebody else is doing uh, live shows, and then we're bound to do one at the same time, because that's how we roll. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> that's how we roll. <laughs> Just this kidding. is when we're recording. This uh, is when we're recording. We could we could do a live show when we're not recording, but I don't think that would be fun for anyone. Oh, I know. Oh, so. I'm just screwing around. Oh, I can't say any bad words because normally we cut those out. Darn yeah. it. Yeah. Everybody's going to hear oh, me. All right. All right. All let's right, work out. Right. We got a big, big, big week of Snape. Actually, this is the start of three weeks of Snape. Three right weeks now. of Snape. We'd call it Snapecast, but somebody conundrums. else owns that. Yeah. So we'll call it Snape Show. It's the trifecta of Snape is what it is. A trifecta of Snape about to happen. Yes. There you go. Yes. Well, we're going to be recording three separate canon conundrums, and then you're going to hear... We'll also have a bit bit by bit in this show. Mm. Yes. And that's it, I think. Yes. John, when's the next acting troupe? Thing happening? You know what? I think it's about done, actually. Uh, And and I think... And I think the third one's about done. Oh, Whoa, Frankie, you if you, if you did the comic version, if we did, like, this animation thing with that, um, that would be sick. We should we could put that on okay. DVD. I mean, the I really am enjoying the story and everything, and so, like, when I first heard it, I have too many side projects going on right now that I've never finished, so I need to finish those first, but it'd be one of those things that it'd be so much fun to draw, like, a comic version of it. Uh, uh, or, yeah. like, what you're talking People about, John, would freak out. something about it. But yeah, you should ex- um, expect to see that coming out uh, fairly soon here. If, if not with this, no, it won't be with this show, but probably next week's show, I'd have to think. Awesome. So Podcast 182, uh, let's just hold it to it. We'll I'm have excited. another piece of the acting troupe in the next show. Oh, God. But for now, let's <laughs> find out what's happening in the world of Harry Potter news, which is always exciting. Uh, oh, with it's a Harry Potter suit. show. Uh, all right. <clears throat> Rupert, news, Rupert, news, group fans, Rupert, Rupert Grint fans, I, this is a warning to you now. Off. Calm, breathe, and if you have not gone to our <laughs> galleries, you will see new photos of Mr. Grint <laughs> from his film, yeah. Cherry Bomb, when he is About to drop naked. crow. Well, not quite, but he doesn't have a shirt on, and I know, and it's looking oh, pretty God. hot. There we go, but there we go. I mean, if Dan can do it, so can Rupert. Just saying. There they go. I mean, and, and, and you know who's next after that? Well, sh- Dem, stop. John. Matthew Lewis. <laughs> Matt Lewis. Matthew Lewis <laughs> is ready to go. He's got his robe on. He's like, "Give me the signal, and here I go." That's I all he says. Stop. Just. Have you seen pictures of that kid lately? He's a good-looking kid. He is. I saw. Okay, I was at Borders the other day, and I was looking through like the clearance, um, the clearance section of calendars, and there's a Half Blood Prince one with a bunch of pictures. Some of them I hadn't seen, or just not in that good. 
of quality. And yeah. um, there's one of Matthew Lewis like sitting on his bed, and he looks like a full grown man, like all mopey <laughs> in his pajamas. I'm like, he's all grown up. And it's weird. I'm like, oh, look at Neville all grown up. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so th- that was very interesting. One man I do not know who if, if he's gone nude or not is Jim Broadbent, and we heard a new interview from him. Um, I believe he was fully clothed too at the point. Um, he was talking to the LA Aww. Times. I know, <laughs> and uh, he was talking about his character of uh, Professor Slughorn in the upcoming um, Harry Potter and Half-Blood Prince. And you know, I thought this was really interesting. He described Slughorn as a good man, a decent man, but a weak man. What do you think about that characterization? I think that's really. That's really accurate. I was kind of glad yeah. when he was um, so insightful about him. Because he, does, he doesn't have the... Until the end of book seven, he doesn't have the fortitude to do what's right over what is easy. Like, he won't, he won't do the... He, he won't be, like, mean Death Eater guy. But to make his life more comfortable, he'll make a couple of dodgy choices, I think. But, but just think, but look at the turnabout of his character. I mean, from what we know in Happy Prince to the, at the end, he is there dueling Voldemort. Yep. I mean, whoa, that's, you know, a yep. lot of people would say, uh, you find him, not me. But he, there he was. And I thought that was a yeah. really dramatic turn. He, he left with the Slytherin table, but then came back. Mm-hmm. Yep, yep. And not only... With reinforcements, Joe said yeah. later. Yeah, that's right, with reinforcements. But still, I mean, and then he, the fact that he came back at one is amazing. But then to to go and stand face-to-face with Voldemort and duel him, I think, is, is pretty amazing. I like that. But what else is cool, too, that we heard from um, Slughorn is that he's read the books, too. Or uh, Jim Broadbent, which gave me hey, a lot of... Hey, <laughs> wow, bonus. It's <laughs> like, Good. look here, Mr. Cambon. There you go. I don't mean to pick on him, but I'm just Chances like... are he'll probably actually watch the movie when it's finished, too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, stop. Gosh, we can only Did that hope. actually happen? That he... That Gambon hasn't watched Gambin the movie? Gambon doesn't watch the movies, No. Oh, wow, that's funny. He doesn't care. He's got this... Has he never been at a premiere? I, I, mm, I don't remember any... They walk right shots. into the theater, unless he walks in and leaves. Yeah. Mm. I don't know if he'll ever maybe come to a nervous. theater or one of the premieres. He might, but maybe he'll come to the Happy Prince. Huh. Who knows? Interesting. I'm oh, sorry. Michael G. Interesting. Well, it is sort of his movie. Yeah, it is. I would hope that he would... Uh, you think he'd want to watch this big dramatic death scene, but Hermione kills him off the tower. And you can hear gasp everywhere. What? It's gonna happen. And and then right after that, Snape's gonna run up and be like, "Darn it, he missed his he missed his opportunity." (laughs) I missed it. I didn't happen. I missed it. (laughs) Shucks. Foiled again. Yeah. By that wacky, wily Hermione Granger. (laughs) All right. What's next in our top five, Susie? Speaking of uh, cat. cast members that like the book. We heard from Dan Radcliffe and I thought this was really interesting because very few of the cast members actually talk about um, fans and their dedication to the books or the phrase book purist is used sometimes and Dan actually made comments about that and um, I actually thought this was kind of interesting because he was talking about how uh, at first fans might have been like oh about adhering to the books and they had their minds made up and weren't necessarily going to become fans of the films and then but he felt that the majority of the people out there because the fan base has grown at about the rate the films have come out. We've managed to keep making them darker and dark enough to maintain the interest of these people who, at, for the book purists at first, that didn't like it. And I thought that was really uh, an interesting comment for him to, to, to reflect on it like that. Because I just thought most actors would just like, Psh, you know. But that was really kind of cool. Yeah, would not care. And probably most of them 
Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I like to hear that he's thinking, but if I hear one more person say, it's a bit darker than the last one, oh, yeah. but every movie that comes out, <laughs> I'm going to throw my head through my monitor. Yeah, I know. Honestly. Uh, yeah. And this is just like it's, a description. That's becoming... Always a description. It's darker. It's like, about, we're going to have like, Deathly Hollows Part 2 is going to be like pitch black, and you're going to have to squint <laughs> just to make out anything, because they'll have made it so darn dark, you won't be able to see a damn thing. Yeah. Well, it's true. It's very, I mean, it, it's becoming a catchword for where the story is getting more complex. It, that happens in every series, in every, yeah, in every, in every series. As you get forward, you're getting deeper into the story. So, of course, it's going to seem darker. I you know? know. I've never known a series to get lighter as it goes along. They're going to change everybody's series. going to change everybody's house colors to black and make all the boys wear guy liner and slick everybody's hair down. Goth. Hey, we haven't really talked with an audience about the PG. Can we get some instant like oh, typed comments yes. from people about what they think about the PG? Oh, rating? is that is that Uh-oh. one of our news items this week or no? No, that was last week. No, it's last but, week. But yeah. oh, it's a, it's a it's since a this one has a lighter, it's technically a lighter rating. It's not you know it's PG thirteen, so yeah. Here, here come mean, the booze. You know, let me see what people have been saying. <laughs> what do you think? Boo, PG. What, is, what does the audience here think is the would have been the. Um, top reasons why it, um, based off the book it should be PG-13 hang on guest 26 says I've seen the movie I think PG is fine have you now guest 26 guest 26 please call us <laughs> what's your name yeah um, my name is Katie uh, I live in Chicago so I got to <gasps> see the free movie screening thingy the private one yes. down here so or up here, I don't know. Awesome. Yeah, so it was It was actually, okay, so this this movie was, like, a lot better than The Fifth, I will say, because The Fifth, so many things were so, so completely different from what I read in the book. Uh, but oh. this one, like, The Sixth, it was just... Careful with the spoilers. Oh, yeah, no spoilers, no spoilers. Yeah, well... Um, tell me what you want to know about it so that I can tell you. The- well, um, does anybody die? How come you say that PG die? is okay? What? Wait. How come you said, shut up? How come you said you say that PG that PG is okay? What does that mean when you say that? Um, for this? Okay. So you know, I've seen a lot of movies because I just I love movies. So whenever whenever I watch a movie that was made maybe five years ago, I notice that anything PG does not have any swearing or any type of like violence that includes a lot of blood, right? Well, these movies today, uh, there's so much more that's different. It's just the standards of the ratings have gotten so mm-hmm. much, like, so much more, fucking say it, give me a word. They're, they're, they're a lot, they're a lot, yeah, they are looser. There we go. I mean, it was a really good movie. I watched it and I thought, hey, it's fine, you know? I mean, of course, you're going to be disappointed by some things. Um, but a lot of things are going to be just the way you imagine them, you know? Like, the second sympathy might piss a lot of people off because it's not how uh, it should have been, I don't think. But, uh, I mean, it wasn't dumbed down. It's just uh, to keep it for little kids to watch it as well, they, did, like, um, they didn't open his shirt. And so you saw the bleeding. All right, guys. So it's just, like, blood coming through. Yeah. Okay. And Huge it was just spoiler. his chest, and then, it was uh, his face and everything. And then comes in and he, like, when, when he does the uh, healing, the counter curse for Second Sempra, the blood just sort of, like, seeps away from the shirt, basically. It doesn't really um, go through or whatever, so, yeah. I don't know. I mean, it, it was it was, it was was a good movie, so I think, I think even 
even if it's um, a PG movie, if it's going to be fine. It's just, I think the standards have just changed, that's all. Um, it's not a big deal. It's just like, I was I was watching um, all the comments just popping up onto your uh, news thingy, and everybody was raging about this. It's just mm-hmm. pissing so many people off, and I'm like, calm down, calm down, the movie's fine, you know? Yeah. It's not going to... Well, were, were the... If- were the effects even done, though? I meant so you really couldn't tell about the oh, fury? Yeah, no, the effects were great. Like, they weren't all completely finished yet, so sometimes you would see Dumbledore's hand just green with a bunch of little orange dots. But then you also uh, saw it completed yep. at the beginning of the movie um, when Harry puts his hand on his arm, uh, and then they apparate and everything, and he's about to ask him, hey, what happened to your hand? And he's like, well, that's not the time. Um, you get to see his hand there, and just, oh, it looks great. It's perfect. Love it. It's 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 really like I I know what oh. happens. Now's not the time. I'll tell you after I'm dead. Yeah, yeah. So there's still there's still a, there's still a lot of making out then. There's still a lot oh, of yeah, lavender no, no, run, lavender being obnoxious. Thing, that, that's all in there. It's just I mean you know yeah. you know when they did the snogging part uh, in the fifth movie and everything. Yeah. Um. That's that's sort of how it is for um, Lavender and Ron, you know, except, you know, they're standing up and everything. Oh. Um, uh, just like that little then, chaste kiss under the mistletoe? I'm sorry? Just that, that little that little kiss under the under the nargles? It's, it's not like heavy-handed, not, not like, on his lap, kind of. Yeah, you know, he, like, sort of pulled her up to her. Um, yeah, to him, I should say. Sorry, messed it up. Um, but what's it called? Yeah. Uh, Lavender, like, sort of jumps up and just kisses him. I'm sorry. Is Ginny ever, is is Dean at all in the movie, or they took it out? The the Ginny the Ginny and Harry kiss just kind of really disappointed no. me. Ginny I will say that right now. Uh, Ginny and, and Dean oh, Thomas. Then, no, they they don't. I don't think they do. Uh, you just okay. sort of hear oh. that they um are going out. I don't think Ron explodes about it either. I don't. I don't remember that. That would movie. have been the best scene. That would have been the best yeah, scene for Bonnie and the best it would, scene it for. Have been. I, lo- I love the canary scene though with uh, Hermione and Ron and everything. Oh, it was, it was perfect. It did oh, good. Oh, it was good. Great. Oh, you just okay. made Frankie's day. Okay. Oh man, Katie, we need we need to talk to you. No, we, we need to talk to you. At, we need to talk to you at, at length at another time. But but oh my God, we've got to we've got to keep moving with the show. Okay, cool. Oh, Thank you so deal. much. Oh, That's talk. wonderful. All right, great. And we'll talk about this later then. All right. All right. Bye, we'll talk you. to you later. Thank you so much, Katie. Bye. I'm so happy the canaries are in there. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um, John, guess what? What's that? Dobby is free. Dobby is still free. Deathly Hallows. Yes, and Toby Jones is going to be his voice again for Deathly Hallows. Woo-hoo. Yes. I'm very excited. I was very, I was concerned very. because for a while I heard they were recasting his voice for Samuel L. Jackson. <laughs> that that was a heavy rumor on ComingSoon.net. They said Samuel L. was was wanting the role of Dobby and they were considering it for for ratings, but they gave it back to this guy. Not so. Yeah. I just my brain just kind no. of exploded with that one. <laughs> I could totally right, see that. Um, the play He's what not- I wrote. How come? Hey, how come that's enormously? F- the guy Toby Toby Jones says that he was in the play what I wrote. How come that's so familiar to me uh, in terms of Potter? I don't was somebody know. else in it, or did somebody else write it? Was Jim Dale in it? Maybe. 
Oh, good question, Mally. I don't know. Dang, I didn't look it I up. I gotta look it up. Okay. I'm gonna go look it up while we, while we chat. He was doing the voice, the actor, Toby Jones. What, what Melissa's talking about is that he got this the part as Dobby, the voice part of Dobby, because he had been doing this play. And, oh, oh um, I know. I know. I got it. Okay. Uh, sorry, it hit me. Remember when Dan, like a long time ago, appeared on the stage in like a big dress? <gasps> That's it! That was the play what I wrote. Oh my gosh, small world. No. No. Okay, I'm sorry. Go on, Snoo. Sue. No, but he, t- uh, Toby Jones was doing that play, and he was, he was tired, and his voice is broken up, so he went to do the audition to, for the voice of Dobby, and then he said he reached registers, and his voice that he couldn't do now. <laughs> Isn't that funny? <laughs> oh, so that's exciting. He's going to be back, because I mean, uh, it, we had talked to uh, David Heyman before in September, and he told us that Dobby was going to be, they're going to bring him back, but this is confirmation that the same actor is coming back, so I was very excited. Um, and then, yes, I'm very, very... So, Melissa, do we like the... Do we know? Is Joe hanging out with Obama this weekend? Because I don't think so, right? No, she's not. What a silly, <laughs> silly little rumor. And I got all, I got all like, oh, yes, of course she's going. Of course he invited her. He loves J.K. Rowling. <laughs> you know, I was all like, she's going to go to the inauguration. I'm so jealous. And no, she's not going to the inauguration. It's been a silly rumor. This is how it works. I, I can't believe it's so ludicrous that this is actually how the press works. And I'm so embarrassed. But it really is how the press works. Somebody writes an article that says, hey, Sasha and Malia Obama like Harry Potter. Wouldn't it be fun if one day uh, Obama's sure to include her in a, in a state dinner or like an art thing or whatever? And then another article is like, yeah, maybe even the inauguration. And then another article is like, so it's reported that she's going to the inauguration. And, oh, it's so frustrating. Wow. And then it gets around to us and we have to go and ask people who laugh. We have to we be the responsible like, no. news. Leave it to the leaky. We did. Yeah. Set in the Oh, you silly. No. I don't know just... about you guys, but I'm totally a Joe Obama shipper. Oh, stop. Am I alone in this? That'd be like the most powerful, coolest couple. <sighs> okay. I think Dr. Murray might have a little issue with them. Dr. Murray would be like, well, it's the president. Go ahead, Joe. Um, and one other thing, too, just on the heels of, of shooting things down, we also heard that, uh, no, there are no plans for the Harry Potter musical. You know, last week we heard Dan Fine. saying he would be too. <laughs> Darn it! Well, they said no plans, full stop. No. There are and, like, and Sue Sue went and picked that out of the of the original article because it was a long interview. But she she you know as as Sue tends to do found the news and you know and put that in. So that was on Linky like way before. So I was really happy to hear it finally kiboshed. There yes. are so many yes. crappier musicals out there than that, though. And real quick, guys, a quick leaky roundup. The Crafty Witches are currently hosting the January 2009 Craft Along, Magical Needlework. No matter whether cross-stitch, embroidery, or plastic canvas are your cup of tea. Or if you're a first-year who just wants to learn, stop by the Craft Along thread to join us. Also new with those crafty people this week is the addition of their very own YouTube channel. Head over to YouTube.com and find TLC Crafty Witches and subscribe today. Well, that was my big... Melissa, we have a, a special news breaking to, as of today. You posted, right? Some news. Yeah. Um, Pottercast will once again be joining. What is it? What is it? going to be joining our friends at Mugglecast for a leaky mug at Yeah, it's going to be at three o'clock in the morning, and we're we're terrible. That's past everybody's bedtime. Three in the morning. What? 
That's past everybody's bedtimes. Hey, do we have to get tickets? It is, well... Everybody does. You have to um, get tickets to Ascatraz and also tickets to the screening at midnight. Uh, yeah. We're all going to go watch the movie. And yeah. we are going to can go back to the hotel and have a podcast directly afterwards. Dang. And anybody who stays awake for the entire thing gets a cookie. Hey, who's making the cookies? And I will have chocolate-covered espresso beans to keep me lively and attentive. Oh, that sounds yummy. Mm. And Pellegrino. So we should probably get those tickets to that movie soon, because that movie theater could fill up. Yeah, that movie theater might sell out. I should probably put a link to that on the page. I'll do that after, after this recording, guys. Go to Leaky, and you'll see in the announcement for the Leaky Mug, there'll also be for buying your HBP tickets Work in it. San Francisco. And I've never also been to San Francisco. Boston, we will be having our biggest Pottercast ever. Speaking of, um, let's remind people too that February 1st, prices are going to go up for LeakyCon, so buy oh, now. Yes. Register now. Do it, do it, do it. February 1st, prices are going up, just like Sue just said. <laughs> um, so get them now, because <laughs> why... <laughs> Why Why pay more? We have so many people. We have more people than we can fit in the conference on the intent to attend list. Who are, you know, so all those people are going to be buying their tickets. So if you're not on that list and you um, haven't gotten your ticket yet, you should probably run. So get it now. Okay. All right. Is that it for the news this week, guys? Yes, I think so. Uh, I think that's yeah, it. I think okay. so. Exciting news segment. Next up, yes. which one? Bit by bit or cannon? Oh, yeah. Let's throw it to the bit by bit. Bit by bit. Okay. See you later. Day by day. Bit by bit. Talking about chapters Bye. each and every day. Bit by bit. Listen, we talk. And welcome to Bit by Bit, where we discuss Deathly Hallows bit by bit. Little bits. Right now we're on the Silver Doe, chapter 19. Yay! Been waiting for this chapter. We're getting through it. We're getting through it. It's like we're getting there a bit at a time. Yes. It's almost the halfway point, right? Sort of. <laughs> yeah, you know, the week that we finish, Joe's going to be like, great, they're done with that. Now I can announce my next book. <laughs> oh, yes, because <laughs> that's what she's waiting on. She's waiting on us, you guys. Oh, How man. insensitive of us. Listen, art cannot be rushed, okay? It's true. <laughs> it's true. It's very true. Pressure's on. Okay, let's get to it. Harry and Hermione are chilling. No, I'm not going to read the notes. That's That was the actual beginning of the notes, everybody. Just FYI. So they're, they're hanging out. It's cold. Um, they're, they're in their little tent camping situation. Probably snuggling. And they're, they're just keeping keep watch for Death Eaters and other bad creatures. And they're they're pretty they're pretty anxious. They're still pretty rattled from uh, the Godric's Hollow situation, and uh, but they're trying to figure out uh, where uh, where they would go next from this spot. Can I just tell you something first that before they before they go to their next place? The sneakoscope. I'm always amazed at the lack of comment in the entire series about how the sneakoscope was always accurate. Always. They heard somebody outside, but it wasn't somebody who was shifty, so it wasn't going off. And nobody ever says, like, oh, God, we should have trusted the sneakoscope. Even if there is somebody outside, we're sure he's on our side. It's just funny. Yeah, totally. It is funny. Yeah, it is interesting. You'd think they would, like, incorporate that magic into more things, like alarm systems and stuff. Like, you could have, like, a little wristwatch that 
that would tell you if somebody bad's coming. Sneakoscope wrist. They, I mean, Moody had a bunch of that stuff, you know? Yeah. Yeah, but then Moody was pegged to be, like, the crazy one, not, like, the smart, like, yeah. cautious one. But this is, those are the kind of things you would have, like, in your junior detective novels, you know? I mean, like, little wizarding watch. You know, something, they're not get smart. They're not going to have watches, John, that they're just going to beep off. Oh, I, mean, I would. I love gadgets. <laughs> Inspector Gadget. That's who they would I'd be. I'd be the dork. I'd be <laughs> the equivalent of the wizard dork who had the Palm Pilot five years ago before the iPhone was ever invented. <laughs> honestly, honestly, I would, too. All those gadgets, those wizarding gadgets, I'd... I, Oh, man. I've always loved the wizarding gadgets. I wish you would have written more of them. I like the gadgets in Dumbledore's office. Oh, yeah. Those are beautiful. I'd love to know what every one of those things did. <laughs> he had a gadget that seemed to be specifically made to tell him the nature of Harry's problem. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know where he bought that thing. Wasn't that handy? <laughs> yeah. Convenient. You think maybe he invented it. What do you think that advice did? Was it just that, or ju- is it just like a problem solver, or like a which one was this? Uh, the one that showed like the snakes dividing and things. Oh. When he tapped it and the snakes came out, yeah, and he's like, "Oh, but in mm. essence, divided." And he's like, and he like mumbles to himself. Provocative. Shifts his eyes and puts it away. Huh? Now, what? What? Which book was that in again? This one. Five. That was Goblet. Oh, was it five? No, it's Order of the Phoenix when they're waiting to when they're he just told them about um Arthur and he wouldn't look he wouldn't meet a Harry's eyes. Right? Oh right, right, that's right, that's right. Huh. Maybe that was just more of like a revealing type of plot. Pensive Reveal your secrets. Reveal your secrets. Well he like tapped it and like the answer came out. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It's funny. If you can't see where it keeps its brain, you don't trust it, Dumbledore. So what's happening next? Right on. What is happening next? Well, they're getting so ready. To- this is after the um, craziness. The attack. At uh, Godric's Hollow. And so mm-hmm. Harry is all blue and sad about not having his wand, which is an appropriate response, in my opinion. Um, mm-hmm. And it, it, is this when he... Um, borrows Hermione's wand to go on watch and he's getting frustrated because yeah. he can't he can't get the Patronus going and all that jazz. It just was not working properly for him. Yeah. But I don't think this is when he's doing it. Oh, okay. They went, I'm not, I'm not sure but they, no, 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 it's not. They, they went, to, they just go to the Forest of Dean and he kind of goes around kind of moody emo Harry for a while and his senses I hate emo Harry. seem alert. You know what's fun for me is just this, it's that jar of blue flames that Hermione and that, mm-hmm. that's just an obscure reference because I just remember, you know, how it was so different in the movie. <laughs> every time, yes. just, just kind of ruined it for me. So every time when I read this part, I'm like, oh, if they'd only had just done that in the movie. All right, sorry, it was just kind of a random thought. Well, the, what I always thought in the in the first in the first book when when she specifically notes that bluebell f- flames were instantly a specialty of Hermione's, uh-huh. and then it comes up again. It comes up again in two. I yeah. thought that would be a big part. I thought that a, a bluebell flame would have something to do with yeah. the end of the book. It's like Voldemort's weakness. <laughs> yes, it's the bluebell flame. You cannot kill me. Is that a blue flame? I have seven horcruxes if I'm only vulnerable now to bluebell flame. <laughs> Keep it away from me. Yes. Keep it away. <laughs> but I thought it would have something to do with, I don't know, something. It was just, I guess, a red yeah. hair. I didn't think of that. I would have probably anticipated having something to do with breaking a horcrux or something. Right, like, you know, like, so, have some sort of importance that, that it was important that Hermione had that as a specialty, you know? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. So, but, but it was interesting that they just did, she didn't conjure up some sort of other sort of heat and 
you know, creating spell, and there's, yet there, there was that blue thing. And I just thought it was funny, because I understand why they didn't have the fire, because they didn't want to reveal their presence, but it was just kind of funny. I don't know. Why couldn't they have, like, kind of like a space heater or something? Exactly! <laughs> don't know. Or like some hand warmers. Don't they have charms to make themselves warmer? I know. I mean, come on. What kind of wizards are you people? Well, remember, in book six, Harry couldn't dry himself off. Exactly. So I don't think he was most adept in the most... True. Like, subtle charms. Like, that's something they're not going to teach in class. Like, a warming charm. It's like, what? What do you need that for? Oh, Flitwick would. But it's Hermione. I mean, as a woman, you'd think you would know how to dry clothes. Oh, did you not just say that? You did not. Dude, don't take the bait. He doesn't... (sighs) Don't take the bait. He wants us to react like that to that stupid comment. So, anyway, we're moving on now. So, this is kind of neat, though. Can we talk about this? Why why did he not open up the mat if he's thinking about Jenny? Why didn't he just want to see her little dot? I mean, I just thought that was kind of strange, that little paragraph. He, he was remembered he was getting all mournful, and he's thinking yeah. about Jenny. And then he, he decided not to open up the map, and I didn't quite get why he didn't do that. Maybe he didn't want to, like, just get himself in a, like, a deeper stupor. No, it was it was Christmas. She wouldn't be at the at the castle. Oh, that's right. That's why. But, but, but okay, you're right. Never mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, no, that's exactly right. That's why he didn't do it. I don't know. It was no, so fun. it's all dark outside, and he starts, to, and he sees a light coming toward him. Ooh. Oh yes! Ooh, I, I am the ghost of Christmas past. Uh. I'm the ghost of your parents' past, literally. <laughs> but this is interesting about a Patronus. It says the source of the light stepped out from behind an oak. Well, everything we've seen in Patronuses is cantering and and being in action, and they are never just acting like the animals they are yeah imagine the control that snape must have over this thing so graceful so graceful it's just step out from behind an oak and it's able to lead harry somewhere well i wonder how often snape is in the practice of calling upon his patronus just to keep him company or to cheer him up after being with the death eaters for such a long time he probably is so good at that spell from having used it, mm-hmm. considering it's Lily, it's his memory. It's his only one. It's the only one he's allowed to have, really. Yeah. It's probably very complex, too, because yeah. it's very, it's probably like Harry's Patronus, yeah. in the sense that it's very powerful, because it's such a um, conflicted happy memory. You know what I mean? Because like, it's Lily, but at the same time, it's like, it's Lily, his biggest heartbreak and loss. Yeah. Plot-wise, though, it also answers the question of why, in terms of protectors, the person to be a protector that comes out of Harry's wand in book three is not his mother who died for him, <laughs> you know, because she needed that for Snape. And you can't, you can't reveal that it's a, that it's a doe. Yeah. Well, we wouldn't have caught it that it was a doe. You know, you were talking about it being so beautiful. I think it's a beautiful reflection of Snape's love. Yeah. I just think that's what it shows. You know, yeah. that it's such a beautiful thing and it's graceful and that just shows the depth and the, the, the breadth of his love for her that he, it's, it's exhibited in the grace of this, this creature. And, it's, and I thought that was just, for me, I thought that was a very powerful statement about Snape himself, just the, the extraordinary strength of his memory and his love for her that he can control for that much. Sorry. I just, I know it was... Why are you apologizing? Every time you apologize, I'm going to yell at you. Well, no, because it was like it was like I could have said it like like a minute or two ago, and you guys were going on in the conversation. I just wanted to get that out there because you were just saying it, and I was like, oh, there's so many great. But I just was thinking that I was thinking, I, and it made me sad though the first time I was reading it because I realized what that was, you know, mm-hmm. that it was Lily, and it was just kind of like a love loss. Kind I of was thing. listening to that yeah. chapter the other night, just that the Princess Tell chapter with all that. Yeah, it brought mm. tears to my eyes because I honestly I haven't heard or read that very often. 
more than a couple times, and it's just so moving. All right, so he runs and runs toward where the the doe, and the doe is the doe is kind of like a, a little bit of bit like teasing him. She turns, she turns, she stops, she turns her head, like beckoning him forward, like really interacting. I think it's the only time we've seen a Patronus really interact this way. Yeah, it it just it's reacting to uh, him following it, and when he gets close to it, it runs off and he chases it. And well, it's smart on Snape's part too because he had to wait around. Long enough for what's his face to get a like some sort of glimpse or whiff of where the kids were. Then he had to send the Patronus mm-hmm. all the way there. Then he had to lure Harry outside of the protective charms that they built so that Ron could find yeah. him. I mean, it's some pretty complex planning on Snape's part. Well, I I don't know if Ron was in Snape's plans. I think Snape was not counting on Harry being so stupid as to wear the Horcruxes. Yeah. Died the <laughs> oh, I see. Exactly right. <laughs> yeah. Even Snape didn't think he would be that stupid. Oh, he didn't know Ron left anyway. So yeah, that's never mind because he doesn't. He, he doesn't know who he might. He he must have known Ron left. If the, if the Death Eaters thought that Ron was at home, he, he probably knew that Ron wasn't supposed to be with them. You know. Okay, so they get to the pool, right? Yeah. Went to right at the bottom. Mm-hmm. Is at the lake. Is it a pool or a lake or a pond or an ocean or what? It's called a forest pool. A forest pool. It must be a British expression. I just you gotta love Snape. His idea of making Harry get it in 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 conditions of valor and courage that he thinks that he won it properly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. is to make sure that he has to jump into a pool of icy water. Snape right. hates him so yeah. much. Yeah. <laughs> just I, don't, I mean, is it really? Is it bravery or is it? St- act of stupidity to dive under a frozen pool. Well, see, a lot of people would say that being brave is being stupid. So I think that's an adequate yeah. assessment, just because a lot of times bravery talks it talks about not putting yourself first, and that's no, typically right. not the most, quote-unquote, intelligent thing to do, because if you put, compromise yourself, how are you going to help other people? So, yeah. I can see... Maybe bravery in the service of a, of a, of a loftier goal. Of a what? Loftier goal. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Save the world. I mean, stupidity in the in the in the in the face of not. You know. But I'm just I just I bring that up because I think it's one of those fun things that you can do in literature and just storytelling. How stupidity and bravery. You know, it's just a matter of paradigm and who who's seeing it and who's doing it. Because like some people are like that's so stupid. Other people are like wow, that's so brave. You know, it's just. It's interesting. The, the ambiguity there's a lot of fun to play with. Like, it would occur to me to, like, maybe conjure, like, a fishing pole or something. Or, like, a rope with, like, a hook and, like, kind of... This is Harry, though. Yeah, I know. I'm way more clever. Well, but Harry starts thinking about how he got the, the sword last time. And how he got the sword last time was that he knew, he needed help and he was acting bravely and in service to Dumbledore and Dumbledore told him only a true Gryffindor could have pulled that out of the hat which meant that he had to be doing something Gryffindorish and he needs yeah. to need that's all he knows that you need help and you need to do something Gryffindorish so to him brave in this moment daring nerve and chivalry is what it says mm-hmm. that that means jumping into the ice that'd be an awesome scene in the movie I can just see him like using a spell to just completely bust up a frozen lake have all the ice go like shattering everywhere. If they don't do this in the movie the oh. way it's oh my god, with the dough leading him through, if they don't take their time and make this what it could be, I'm gonna be so angry. Well this could be the end of their movie or something. Or the beginning of the of part two. So it'd be like this big opening sequence. That'd be really hot. I, I 
have to digress for just a minute because one of the great things I heard about you know criticisms of the book involves this chapter and this this part particular that we're talking about right now. And I think it's actually one of Joe's. I love this about Joe that the 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 sword is in the lake. And if you've had any knowledge of like history or mythology, yeah. And I think it's brilliant touch touch of Arthur. Yeah. And and we we're talking mm-hmm. about those qualities of daring and chivalry. And and I think Joe did that because Godric Griffin. I thought it was just a a, a nod, a, a, an acknowledgement. It's the lore. Yes, and I thought it was beautiful. Yeah. I didn't I didn't view it as a you know oh she couldn't think of anything. I thought it was a, a beautiful and wonderful symbolic gesture on her part. I mean just and I loved it. So for me when I read that I got chills because it just yeah. it just was like it it, not, it just harkened back to the old founders and the old great you know these things that we belong we grew up with i mean i think most people know the legend of king arthur and stuff and uh, i i just uh, i i love this so i just wanted to say that and it and it bothers me that people complain about it okay no it's true so because she could have had it still in the water still mm-hmm. as 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 crazy as mm-hmm. as snape intended and requiring bravery but could have been floating around in the water water it could have been hard to catch the idea that first of all that it was stuck into something looking quite for the world to see as a cross mm-hmm. and then that he had to pull it out of rock yes you know the bottom of the lake is is, is earth is rock no i think you're you're absolutely right that had to have been intentional yeah and it was I, just I, it's it's a nice blend of all regards about the excalibur and a lot because you know the lady of the lake mm-hmm. you know she delivered the sword Surely. too and so it's mm-hmm. just a nice that's i didn't even catch that that that's that's great Snape is the lady in the leg. No, it's Lily. Oh, right, it's right, Lily. Right. It's Lily. Yeah. <laughs> and a lily is a water flower. It is, but it's such a... I just love that. And we were talking about chivalry. And that, for me, I just love these qualities and this, this, this. you know... I mean, for me, I enjoy the, that, that, whether it's mythology, oh, yeah. the fantasy or whatever. I just think it's brilliant. And so for just to get a little touch of it in this, in this setting of the mm-hmm. power books, I thought it was wonderful. That, Sue, is why I love the Percy Jackson series. Little plug for another book. Oh, the, right. the the Percy Jackson and the Olympian series is is pretty awesome. Not as good as Harry Potter. All right, so he grabs a sword. Well, jumps in. He doesn't grab the no, sword because it's freezing. He gets he, <laughs> well, gets he close closes to the he, sword. He, he, he does he does get it. No, he he, he closed, yeah. his fingers and close around it. He gets attacked by the Grindelows. No. Okay, no. something else strangles no, him. That was wrong. Wrong book. <laughs> the the own darn rocket Horcrux, which is senses the him. power. It's, yeah. It's it's it, am I right here? It senses the power that can destroy it, and that's why it's trying right. to choke Which Harry. It's pretty darn mm-hmm. smart, Horcrux. But at the same yeah. time, it has an advantage because I would argue that the Horcrux, the, the piece of soul in Harry, knows its yeah. intention, so it can be you know it could be communicating a little bit. But I would even argue the fact that it's smart enough. It's it's a soul. It knows what's going on. Yeah. So yeah. we jumps in. So he's saved. By Mr. Ron. And that's when I stood up and cheered like a Aww. crazy person. <laughs> yes, he's back! Yes, he's back! <laughs> <laughs> that was great. So, there he is. He's back, Ron. I love how he just, like, he had just dived into the pool and he saved Harry's yes. life. Yes. So now all's going to be well and he's going to be accepted with open arms and he's not going to have any more traumatic experiences. No, but we can't talk about that yet because we have a very important thing to talk about first. And here it is. So they go to destroy the Horcrux, which is one of the coolestly described scenes, I think. Mm-hmm. It is. It made me sad that we didn't know what the cup did. I want to know what the Out cup did to protect itself. It 
it automatically yeah. made a potion when you put liquid in it to um, make you more friendly and outgoing. <laughs> Horcrux, Horcrux. Let's talk about the Horcrux. So <laughs> Ron's like looking down at the sword, and he's like, "Oh yeah, I got this." Yeah. So I'm I like, just take Sorry. this huge old artifact and. Okay, let me ask you this. Do you think the reason the the sword was able to be rescued is because Ron saved Harry? Was that the act of bravery? I would argue that. Hmm. Not that that could have been staged at all, because Snape could have never known. But I think that's a more valid way of achieving the sword or or, withdrawing the sword than jumping into cold water. Yeah. I agree. Anyway, but it's here nor there. Let me let me let me go look and see what what what's what Dumbledore actually actually says. Hold on a second. They find out as far as the dean. Good, very good. Cried the portrait of Dumbledore. Now severs the sword. Do not forget that it must be taken under conditions of need and valor, and he must not know that you give it. If Voldemort should read Harry's mind and see you acting for him, I know. And you still aren't going to tell me why it's so important. No, he will know what to do with it. And be very careful that they might they might not take kindly to your appearance after George Measley's mishap, mishap. Don't worry, I have a plan. So the conditions that he was looking for were need and valor. And Harry, I, I mean, I guess he figured that if that Harry's so stupid that if he jumps into a lake, he'll consider that valor and didn't account for the fact that Ron was going to be the one doing the valor. So now you can't you just know, give right. somebody the sword and let them use it? I don't think so. Well, then how did Harry give the sword to Ron and say, kill the Horcrux? Well, he was holding it already. He... he, he it was Ron's to use at that moment. Ron was the true Gryffindor in that situation. Well, I think he could have taken... I think uh, Harry could have taken it from Snape if Snape just came out and like, here's a sword. Thanks, Snape. Bye. That's what I mean. It's like, exactly. Why, why, why go through this whole ordeal? Well, I mean, he could have, but then we just heard why he can't. Because if Voldemort reads Harry's minds... Harry would suspect that Snape was working for him. If he would have read his mind, then it compromises Snape's position at the school. So what does what does Voldemort see then now? He sees that he was able to get the sword the same way he did when he was twelve because he needed it and he acted bravely. That's what he thinks. I can Snape transfigure a tree stump into like a wooden creature or like a like Stan Shumpike and have Stan Shumpike give him the sword. He could have, but this is Snape. Because then there's no valor. There's need, but not no val- but not valor, and so Harry would wonder why he got it so easily. I just don't understand the valor and the need bit if you can just hand somebody the sword. Listen, listen, listen. All Harry knows, all Harry knows about getting the sword is that, is that he need he. You have to have need and valor. That's what Harry knows from... So unless Harry has those things in this situation, he will be suspicious. If he is suspicious... Oh! Then Voldemort might get suspicious. Yeah, because look at if if yeah exactly if this sword is just presented to him, kind of like what, and then Voldemort sees that he's gonna be like, who has access to the sword? Snape does. So if if, Vol- if Voldemort sees Snape getting it, I mean Harry getting it in the same circumstances as before, which is part of the enchantment of the sword, how Neville gets it at the end, then it it'll leave like oh that's like the scapegoat. I get it now. I'll accept that. I'm so glad. So this is the most awesomely described scene ever with the whole description of the locket opening up and how it had like eyeballs inside of it that were like looking at them and, and how it was like taunting Ron. He's like, I've seen inside your your soul and your mind and you're going to be my slave and etc. I think it's interesting that the, that the Horcrux is... When it's o- when that locket's opened, it's just much more amplified at what it already does to the people who yeah. wear it. 
Because, like, mm-hmm. like, when they were wearing it, they were getting all mopey and depressed and just kind of irritated and just aware of their flaws and their weaknesses and exploiting that. And then when it's opened up, it's like, kabow! You know, like, the whole thing. And since Ron's yeah. one holding the sword, it aims its attention at Ron. Because that's the one they need to protect itself from. I just want to mention again what Sue said, because I'm, I'm just paging back through this. And I just, it's just so much, so even more striking that he's the son of a person named Arthur. Mm-hmm. Oh, wow. Who's doing this. Right. Look at you guys. I love that these two, these are like little mini Lucifers, you know, like you are being mm-hmm. tempted, you know, at that moment, that pivotal moment when you must confront your fears. Here is Ron confronting his deepest, you mm-hmm. know, you think. And, and I just thought that they had it as the two people that he loves probably the most are his two, mm-hmm. not more than his family, but I'm just, you know, his two compadres as to you know and and there they are and uh i just this whole scene was really 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 powerful and really uh i thought it was genuine honest you know yeah that's a good way of putting it genuine and honest yeah i've seen your heart and it is mine Mm -hmm. least love always by the mother who craved a daughter least love now by the girl who prefers your friend second best always eternally overshadowed and ron oh my god this scene oh so amazing. Imagine just having somebody just voice and t- make all your insecurities and fears and worries mm-hmm. and just have them form right in front of you and spit in your mm-hmm. face yep. with them. That is intense. Mm-hmm. And I love the idea of like of like the Harlequin versions of Harry and Hermione, like right. these these big you know traditionally glamorous but terrible creatures who could who could be them but aren't and are them without all the good wonderful human things about them how excited do you think dan and emma are to shoot that certainly not more excited than the rest of it but i think they're probably it's probably one of the cooler things and then my favorite part of the whole thing is you know you he's harry's all you were great you were great once he does it and he says that's no it wasn't that that was that's you're making it sound a lot cooler than it is and harry's like well yeah i've been telling you this for what yeah. how long now? <laughs> oh yeah that was great <laughs> i just stuck the sword in a snake i just set up yeah, a patronus I mean, I mean i just did expelliarmus i i i love i love this because you know how I, a fandom i love our fandom you know how we had that theory of like ron in the chest the the seven chess yes. moves yes Mm-hmm. And there he was, and here is this knight yielding this sword, and it's our man Ron, and there he is, and he has destroyed this Horcrux. I just thought that was sweet mm-hmm. justice that moment. Him, I Ron, didn't even standing catch there. That. Look at you, Sue, with all your insight. That's awesome. That's such I a great know. point. I just Sue's on I love, fire. I love this. This chapter just <laughs> was the bomb. I love this. It was so and good. Then, and then in about just, uh, sixty years, um, Ron turns into Dumbledore. And goes back in time. No. <laughs> like Merlin and does it all. It was a very good theory when it first when it first it occurred. And, what, and the reason that I was so against it was I, I didn't believe that Dumbledore would lie to Harry. What a oh, fool I know. am I. Oh, <laughs> Dumbledore, did Dumbledore lie to Harry or just omit? No, he lied to Harry. In book five, he said, I'm going to tell you everything. And clearly yeah. said like, oh, I was getting to it, but the bell rang and, you know, I was hungry. <laughs> Except that whole big part about you having a piece of that in, you, in that. All right, is that it for this? For this, we're going to talk this about the fight with Hermione next time. Yeah. Yeah, they they destroy the thing, and uh, and then they're off to find Hermione, who's going to be so excited to take them both back with open arms. Oh my God, she's going to have a whole meal cooked and. Well, uh, just real quick, not to 
to prolong, but I just I re- just disclose with what we talked about on the last bit by bit with Harry and Hermione's relationship and how um, how when Harry and Ron talk about it, he just reiterates like you know I love her like a sister and like I just really mm-hmm. love that that relationship that they have and yeah. how it's reiterated there and all doubts you know this is the, it's just everything's exposed now because people might have thought something more of it at you know when they were at Godric's Hollow, but even now it's just like it just shows the genuine like love they have for each other as like as mutual friends and just like brother and sister yeah. I really really liked so which is beautiful it's some would say better yeah, yeah. I mean surely they probably did some yeah. experimenting in that tent for all that weeks but at least that's the opinion no. okay now way to ruin the moment John We're moving on it's not no. the opinion at all and I have proof from Joe so shush see you later bye It's time for Canon Conclusion. All about Snape. <laughs> Snape. 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 In itself. Snape. I love that. We should. He's we a, should record. We should do that whole song. We should do that whole song. Sign each other parts. <laughs> what yeah. <would> we do. <laughs> like I can say John. Sue can say Melissa. Melissa can say Frack and. John can say whatever. I mean, anyway, never mind. No, I mean using the characters' names. Oh, I see. That's a little less arrogant. <laughs> like actually recording. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm confused. Snape. Wait, what? Snape. I'm so lost. Snape. All right, Severus Snape. Well, how how are we starting with this? Because as we noted when we were getting ready for this call, we can talk about Severus Snape for not only hours, but days, weeks, maybe years, maybe all our lives. So, what's our starting point with Snape, guys? Well, there's so much to talk about with Snape on on deeper theories and and more specific things. And one of the great questions for me, and I don't know if you all agree, but we were talking about this, is why, during the course of the books, did Dumbledore never, even knowing what we learned after The Prince's Tale, why did Snape never get that DAD job, the Defense Against the Dark Arts job? Why? Why did Dumbledore never let him have it? I'm curious. I'm, I'm confused about this as well. Does he it have to do him. with the curse? That's what I was going to say. Something with the curse. Huh. I think Dumbledore was aware of the curse and couldn't do anything about it. So he can, he just knew that he needed Snape there, or wanted Snape there, or he knew Snape wanted to be there. Whatever the circumstance. The whole idea, like, oh, he was already, you know, dark once. Why tempt him to be dark again? But like, he hangs out with Voldemort still. At the Death Theaters for for Dumbledore. So wouldn't that itself be more tempting than teaching kids how to defend against dark magic? But I, I just and do you guys I, I do you guys know what? I'm sorry. Go ahead, John. You know what? You know what Snape's favorite spell was? No. What? Expelliarmus. <laughs> so that's I was Harry's favorite spell. Perfectly done. Thank you, John. <laughs> But, you know, I mean, Dumbledore, okay, say, but say, here's this, though. He always says that it would give him, it would tempt him too much. Dumbledore said that. Even if, if it was not, if the curse was not for real, let's say. But uh, here, is, yeah. here, is, here is Snape, supposedly his most trusted person that he is, has his, his agent on the inside. I mean, and, and Snape has gone to the dark side at, at one point, and he understood it. And yet he had moved away from it, apparently. So yeah, yeah, I yeah. just, I find that 
if I was Snape, and I, I just, I don't know that I would uh, view that as as um, as as a valid reason that supposed curse. I just, I don't know that I would. I don't know. I would just. I'd be ticked. I would too. I mean, I. I... Why does Snape want the position so bad? That's what. That's another question too. Exactly. Exactly. Good call. Good point. What does he care? J.K. Rowling's talked about it too. That that that, that the reason that he hasn't given it is because of Dumbledore, not because of Snape. Right. Like she didn't say, "Oh, how do you know he really wants it?" You know. Right. Interesting. I don't know. I mean, yeah, but what's the what's the allure for him? He's not he's not against dark magic. He just is doing what he perceives to be his job. Is right. he made clear that if it wasn't for the idea of protecting. Harry for Lily, he wouldn't be in this. Exactly, exactly. I'm on the, I'm on the boat with. Wasn't for Lily, Snape would still be a Death Eater. Oh, yeah, I yeah. agree. He very nearly still is one. You know, I mean, he's 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 doing this one job, and he's sort of like a man above those descriptions. But yeah, he's he's never like renounced the whole way of it, even when Dumbledore questions it like is this a, is this is this love compassion that i see coming he's like are you kidding me it's lily yeah i don't know well that that kind of that kind of begs to ask the question then um is snape's motivations for this entire thing more rooted in love or in hate do you know do you know what i always think of is um the end i mean he really he really did um earn it in the end because you know he knows it's the end i think he probably even knew voldemort was going to kill him and he knew that harry had to die he you know if he really wasn't totally on the good side by the end he really you know he his desperation that whole conversation you hear him talking with voldemort every other word out of his mouth is but let me go to the boy let me tell him why why can't i go let me go i need to go get and he he needs to get to harry to tell him even though he knows he's telling harry he has to basically kill himself and yeah. deny what he thought he was doing. So, like, it's like it's like a total a total pledge of loyalty to the good side at that point. So, I, I would have to argue that it was it was all love. He realized that it was what Lily was would have wanted at least. You know, Sue. I I just I just have real problems though with his ultimate motivation. I understand that he loved Lily and he felt remorse over it, but I kept going back to the thing when Dumbledore said to him. Uh, what you owe me and he he reminded him several times when we read during the prince's tale about like what you need to do or something and i thought that that dumbledore held that over his head s- several times and and it was so for me i wondered if 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 um it was not more of a sense of resentment that that snape did a lot of what he did and i thought it was evident in many of his actions towards harry throughout the course of the the series i mean that he treated harry so horribly and yet here he is supposed to be motivated by this great love for 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 lily and yet his uh, actions were just purely abominable most of the time oh. i mean yeah. and uh, so oh i still have every problem in the world with the way he acted yes so he's he's not a nice guy just because he was a good guy and yeah. I love that she points out that, you know, not all good guys, they're not all people you want to hang out with, <laughs> you know? Yeah. yeah. Are you guys convinced that for the whole time Snape knew Harry, he hated Harry? I mean, the, he gave Harry all of his memories at the end there. And it just seems like it was only because he wanted Harry to think better of him. But if he, why would he care what Harry thought? Because <laughs> J.K. Rowling needs to tell us. I know, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. 
Well, I think maybe it it started when Harry witnessed him killing Dumbledore. I think from probably we have a year from that until the end of the book. And I think that maybe Snape was thinking all that time that he needed to explain to Harry just to not have Lily's son think that he would do that. Well, and that Harry would tell everybody else he would clear his his legacy because I don't think yeah maybe anybody would have revered Snape if he had not given Harry all that proof. I thought and I thought Snape knew at that point though that his his legacy was pretty much mud as it was that he had and I'm sure he was aware of it. I mean, he has earned the disdain of his after those yeah. events on the tower. He earned the, the you know revulsion yeah. of his, his supposed I mean his fellow comrades in the order and you know people that he worked with every day for years. I'm mean, like McGonagall, you know. I mean, and I I mean he had to know that his legacy was pretty much you know yeah, and so like I don't think that was his motivating factor. I mean, I don't, yeah. Snape didn't really seem to me to care much about his legacy. Right. I think he was more concerned that that maybe there maybe there is a little bit of affection built up over time, or maybe it's just that it's Lily's son and he doesn't want Lily's son to think that he would kill Dumbledore. Or maybe yeah. it's just that that mm. that yearning that like we all have to just to just be understood. He did this horrible thing, and he right. never got to tell a single soul that it was the bravest thing he ever did. Right. Yeah, and then Mary yeah. called him a coward. Yes. Doesn't that make that more scene, Frankie, much more poignant now when you reflect back? You know, don't call me coward, and just much more powerful now that yeah. you reflect back on the sheer enormous bravery of that moment. Actually, what it was, because I don't know that I could do yeah. that. You know, I don't know if I could. I mean, he is completely selfless. Yeah. And even I, I wonder so much that it caught Dumbledore off guard. Do you remember when Dumbledore was like, "You, you want me to, yeah. you know, keep the, the secret, keep the, the best of you, a secret?" Do we know what point in the timeline when he said, "So you mean you've kept Harry all this lie, all this time"? Had him stay alive just to let him die at the right time, like a stuck pig or something. And I wondered if oh, that was the was. turning point for for Snape it right was. there. I don't know. Um, I know was... this. Dumbledore was alive, and it was in five. I think. I think it was the Order of the Phoenix timeline. Yeah. So I when that I think that's when Dumbledore started to realize when he said, "Are you are you kidding me?" After all this time, because Dumbledore started crying when he saw the the, yeah. the Patronus. Dumbledore started crying. Yeah, Dumbledore had tears in his eyes. Yeah, I think. Hmm. Pretty sure. Well, I don't remember that. I just listened to that chapter. And I just think, you know, I mean, what would you be like? Say, if you were in that whole thing, and and you realize that Snape is a character, but if you were to put yourself in a human context, and you have been doing all these incredible things, thinking that you were working to save this child's life, and and, and, and to realize, I mean, what an emotion, what an impact that must have had on Snape. I just... Well, yeah, at that point, Snape, he he could have been all like, screw you, Dumbledore, I'm working against you to protect Harry. I mean, that's been his whole thing. Mm -hmm. It's been a higher priority for him to protect Harry than it was to be Dumbledore's guy. I mean, he grew affection for Dumbledore over the years, I'm sure, and was dis- was upset when Dumbledore got into the situation he did with uh, the ring and that he was going to die. But but still, you'd think his number one priority would be whatever's best for Harry. And he's just supposed to go along with it that it's been a- the plan all along for him to for him to die. It's screwed up. Yeah. Wow. I just, you know, you think back on that, you just think, my goodness, you know, and you, and you, and it's hard not to feel some sort of anger towards Dumbledore too, which is a whole other subject on its own. I mean, at that a point, a lot of, a lot. I mean, I mean, wow. here it is. Um, it's some, it's sometime. I think it's sometime in book six, 
Yes, because they're they're already talking of Dumbledore already knows that he is going to die. And it says, um, Lord Voldemort's soul, uh, there'll be a time after my death. Do not argue, do not interrupt. There'll be there'll come a time when Lord Voldemort will seem to fear for the life of his snake. And he tells him tell him what? Tell him that on the night Lord Voldemort tried to kill him, especially. And Snape says, So the boy must die. And another long silence and Snape said, I thought for all these years that we were protecting her for Lily. Um and he said, this is touching, Severus. Have you grown to care for the boy after all? For him, shouted Snape, expecto patronum, and the silver doe comes out. And as her oh, silvery glow it. faded, he turned back to Snape, and his eyes were full of tears. Dumbledore's eyes were full of tears. Um, uh, and that's definitely in book six. I'm trying to find the exact, the exact time. Oh, wow. it's... I'm sorry, continue. I'll find it in a second. Okay. Hey, Melissa. Mm. Your performance was inspiring. Shut up. <laughs> it was not a performance. <laughs> Five points from Gryffindor. You're such a goober. John. Yes, that's John. Our John. Pay attention. No, I won't, Snape. You hush. Hey, hey, Sue. Hey, Sue. Okay. Yeah? And what is the what? difference between Monkshood and Wolfbane? Uh... Once at full moon. You don't know. Don't know. I don't know. Pity. <laughs> <laughs> and people out there are like, "What is John doing? We love it." Snape is—he's so perfect. Okay. Alan, yeah, Snape's I found new. it. Yeah, it's um, it's okay. Snape is like questioning how why they're always doing uh, lessons or whatever, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. and they're and it's like some it's like middle to end of book six that they have a conversation. Just FYI, so that we have the answer. Okay. Yeah. Shall we ask some people some questions? Yeah, totally. Have we talked about how how crazy intense it was to find out that the Snape's worst memory was calling Lily a mudblood and not getting his pants turned upside down? I'm sure we've talked about that at some point. That is, that's very yeah. powerful. I mean, when you realize, because uh, the normal reaction would be, oh, he's been embarrassed. I mean, we think instantly it's like, you know, oh, I've been humiliated by someone else. But then you find out the deeper meaning was really, um, for me, it was very emotional. I remember re- when I was reading that. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know, John. I mean. Uh, I, you know, it's funny because reading the whole Princess Tale story, uh, I had to think uh-huh. that, like, God, you know, as far as who's relatable, I'd have mm-hmm. to say, like. I, I would say that there are more Snapes in the world than James Potters, and that Snape would be the more relatable character to befriending a girl that he likes and to have a crush on her and to be her friend all this time, only to have the popular kid come by and you know lose the girl to the popular guy. That has to happen so much more often than there are popular guys stealing girls. Hmm. Why don't we get some people on the phone? Take a- we have some. We have people who've been waiting all Anybody this time. Anybody want to raise your hand and join us in the call? Yeah, this guy's been on for a while, so let me click him. Hold on. Hi, this is Liza. It's a lady. Hi, it's not. It's showing me that I didn't. It's showing me that I didn't click you. This is really bizarre. Oh okay. really? That's okay. Oh my gosh! Hi. <laughs> oh my god! There's all these people unmuted now. Okay. It's a party. Yeah, I might have to remute some people. <laughs> it's a party. Everybody, go ahead and talk at once. Hang on. All right. <laughs> Hi, Liza. Hello. Hi. Liza, where are you from? I'm from DC. Oh, excellent. Nice. Cool. Yeah, you guys, are you guys coming up for the inauguration? No. Oh, I wish. I cannot. Oh, it'd be so fun. 
But I hear Joe's going to be there. You know who's coming for the inauguration? J.K. Rowling. Yeah. <laughs> I beat John to that joke. I'll have it She's known. staying in the Lincoln bedroom with Lincoln. Okay. Oh, fuck. Okay. Uh, yeah, are you going to come No, it's just... Have you heard oh, concert no, show. I have John's no just being stupid. About. Is there going to be a big concert? No, there's going to be the big concert with Bono and Stevie Wonder. Oh, my God. Yes. The- Oh, yeah, uh, it's going to be amazing. They're going to put that. It's gonna be they're going to put that on on, on TV, Macy, right? B- yeah, yeah it's like be- seven or something on HBO. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know what they're okay. doing? They're putting that in movie theaters. You can go to the movie theater and watch it. Are they really? Did you hear about that? Yeah. Oh, cool. Wow. Some company cool. got made a deal with NBC to. Yeah, good oh. cool beans. Okay, so Snape. So uh, JK Rowling. Uh, Liza, be wait, there. wait! I had to say this too. Huff, you're Hufflepuff, right? Oh, yeah. Yay, Squeak! Oh, okay, sorry. Oh. Yay, go, Poppy! How did Hufflepuff sneak squeak. in? <laughs> I love it. I love it. So go ahead, Melly. Well, I just wanted to know what your thoughts were while you listened to that conversation. Um, well, the biggest thing... What that, do you think about Snape? Well, the biggest thing that struck me about Snape was what you guys mentioned earlier about how his worst memory was calling Lily a mudblood. Because that's just yeah. really kind of got me. Yeah. Because um, I have this friend who's always talking about how she always regrets this one kid who was bothering her when she was, like, in elementary school. And how she cut his eraser in half, and then he was really sad about it. And so that's the one thing that she always regrets. <laughs> <laughs> so I can, he, I can kind of, you know, poor Snape. He loved her. Yeah. Yeah. See, I, yeah. I totally get l- l- her being pissed off and all that, but Lily, for at some point, you got to get over it. He called you a bad name. You know, yeah. people get into fights. Friends get into fights, and they call each other names. They get frustrated, they call each other names. She really couldn't get over that. That was really the thing that ended it for Snape. Mm-hmm. She should take lessons. Well, really? it was because it just it just it just set yeah. her life down a different path. That's all. It's not that it was it, for the rest of her life. She's thinking, oh, he called me a mudblood. I can't talk to him ever. It's that that's just it. Just started her life moving down a different road, and their roads diverged because he was a Death Eater. I mean, I think the Death Eater thing kind of you know clinched it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So well, this was fifth year that happened, though? Fifth year. Yeah, right after the fifth owls. Year. Yeah, right after the That owls. happened in fifth year? Yeah. And he, so, he was mad that he was hang- she was hanging out with James and them, and he, those bullies. And she's like, look at your friends. They're the Death Eaters, wannabes, da 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 And so, like, that was, I think it was one of the, kind of like, it was a tangible reason that kind of slapped her in the face and made her realize, hey, he is kind of going down the wrong path here. You know what I mean? It's a difference from being like, oh, he called me a bad name, but it was probably a bunch of different things, seeing him compromise, seeing him do different things. And this is one of the first or last things that kind of just really just kind of stung her and slapped her and like, hey, this is something that's legitimate now. It's affecting how he acts, you know, da, da, da. And then she just kind of called him out on it and he wasn't repented about it. I I don't know. I think it's something more like that degree. I don't think it was an actual name. Like I said, it was just the fact he was a death eater, and that was just a tangible, you know, reason or a tangible evidence of him being a death eater. Do you think Snape and Lily ever had, like, an experimental, like, relationship beyond friendship? No. no. I think no. he wishes. <laughs> you don't think she would have ever considered it? Because it seems like... I think she would have considered it. If Snape had made some better decisions, she would have been into that. Yeah, I think she would have considered it. Actually, Joe, I think, said she would have considered it, but it was, it just didn't, it didn't happen. It didn't go that way because he made that bad choice. It set things down a road and that's what, I mean, it's like the domino. You do, you know, you, you, you put on the right kind of pants one day and 30 years later you go out 
you know, you know, you never know what action causes these things. And yeah, deleting somebody from your life is a big action. So yeah, totally. Yeah. Maybe if Snape or if if she didn't uh, cut Snape out of her life, she'd still be alive today. Mm, the prophecy mm. still would have been fulfilled. Think about though. that, Frame Buster. It's strange because. He might not. He either wouldn't mm. be a death Death Eater, or they still would have ended up apart. Because there's no way she would have, you know. Mm. And then we wouldn't have yeah. had this story to read. So I agree with Guest Forty Eight. No, I think she would have still been Snape, dead. Um, Snape totally could have snogged her under the right circumstances. Yeah, under the different circumstances, which is the key. Po- which is the key thing: says. the circumstances that aren't the ones we read about. Do you know what I mean? Under different circumstances, anything could happen. No, I mean, yeah. How do you think? They would have changed if they'd gone out. Yeah, I think you're right. Anyway, mm. listen. Thank you, Liza. And oh, Snape a... needed some kind of like well, makeover. Oh, sorry, John. Thank you. Bye. All right, that's enough for Snape this week. Let's push on out to the wrap up, and we'll pick up Snape next week. Okay, it's the wrap up. It's the end Yay. of the show as we know it. <laughs> Did the show is uh, scene of the show. The drums. What a fun show, was man! Awesome. We had some really good talk, canon talk, and everything. My goodness, and bit by bit, we're just on a roll. Bit by bit. All right. Well, it is the drums. I want that music, John. Send it to me. <laughs> Get, <laughs> yeah, it gets okay. right on it. That that ought to be all you guys' <laughs> ringtones okay. when you call me. I, my ringtone for you guys is the Leaky Song. I love uh, the Leaky Song. The Leaky Call. Do you guys know the Leaky Song? It's at the bottom on Leaky. Come on, find it, listen to it, play it all the time. I do. Yeah, who, who in the chat has listened to the Leaky Song I think everybody's before? heard it, haven't they? I don't know. Yeah, yeah they love it. They, they heart that song. You mean this Leaky Song? Yeah. Yeah, that. That one. Yep. There we go. Stunt, stunt, guys. I love when people I I wanna record a lot of people singing that and put it on make it as a YouTube video. That'd be an awesome YouTube video. You know? We should do like, that. Everybody, everybody, yes. Okay, here we go. I think, I think we should. Record yourself singing the or, Leaky yeah, song. Or we could do it at LeakyCon. Oh, no, just heard, be a you good just heard it now. Promo video. Record yourself doing the Leaky song. Put Either put it on YouTube <sighs> yeah. or send us the video. Send it to staff at pottercast.com. And we're going to put them all together. But put it on your YouTube channels and stuff. Because I'm going to like edit them together as a fun little everybody Yay. sings the Leaky song Don't video. Don't give me this too embarrassing nonsense. Oh, BS. Embarrassing my foot. You see what we do in those vlogs? Get out of here. I'm going to get Moses' cat to record some of it. Oh, yeah. I'm doing a Harry History thing, too. People are going to talk about the book. Um, actually, I have you have about five days, so I hope this comes out before then. But they're going to talk about the book and put it on YouTube. And I'm going to edit it into one big file, which we did once before, but it was before the book came out, really. So nobody had really read it yet. So there were only like five responses. Mm. Um, so, yeah. So you could do that, too, if you want. You know, Melissa. Yeah. Oh, don't give me that bull. <laughs> <laughs> sorry. That's <laughs> just uh. sorry. I find that to be a totally ludicrous proposition, so. Okay. That remains to be seen. Okay. Okay. 
How else? What else? Do you it is Noe Thursday. For gosh darn it, I have to make a Noe Thursday video yet today. Do it, John, and don't forget the question of the week. Yeah. What's the question of the week? Which is, what job in the ministry would you take? Uh, I know. I actually really like that idea. I like Sue's answer. And then your question is next week. I think about the question next week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, it's your turn. Oh <laughs> man. Somebody had the suggestion that on Fridays we should ask well, that when we're done with we're through the podcasters we should have somebody else. Um, like we should take a, a question of the week from the listeners. Oh, that'd be a great. That's idea. a good idea. Frankly, I think that's a fantastic uh. idea. So, Frack, in your in your F, your video of your week. So, like next week, uh-huh. remind remind people to leave comments asking, you know, with what the thing should be, and then I'll, and then since mine, I'm the next one, I'll, I guess, choose it, or we can all choose it, or something. Sure. The, the doodle video of the week. What is it? Oh, we love your doodles, Frankie. People were mad because you didn't haven't put a doodle up lately. Oh, yeah, I doodle. need to do What's that. the deal, well, doodle? Because I haven't had a lot of oh. coherent doodles, and actually doodled today and yes, uh, the other day about. The evil Hermione and Harry coming out of the locket. So I, <gasps> I want to see that. Oh, cool. Crack. Oh, completely. But it's really doodly. It's not great because I didn't. It was just. It's kind of stream of consciousness and it's kind of scandalous. So I have to cover some stuff up. Okay. Ah, uh, hey guys, I'm totally making my Noe Thursday right now. Ah, <laughs> oh, cool. Ah. Are you really? You're gonna. You're recording it while you're doing podcast. I am. Gimmick. Oh, man. You should record the, the dueling podcast thing that's happening. This is crazy. There's so much going on. My computer's smoking. Smoking. <laughs> My computer's disintegrated. Oh, I'm British. Oh, no. I have to go finish my fitty video. Do you know what I'm making tonight, John? Oh, don't tell me. It's a surprise. Oh, I can't tell you. Uh, I'm going to okay. edit my video because tomorrow is another Frankie instructional drawing video. Oh, awesome. Yay! Yay! I w- I was so excited to do that banner, and then you like upped the awesome with the Nargle thing, and then you never did the banner. <laughs> the banner with the secret lies within my heart. Ah, hmm. oh, I want to know how to do it. No, so, it's not the banner. It's Harry. Draw Harry face. Okay, fine. So for all of you out there who have no idea what in the world we're talking about, you haven't been to YouTube.com/podcast. Subscribe to us. And you're missing out Ooh, if you haven't. You. Hit that little yellow button to subscribe. And when you go you know to your why. friend's house. When you go to your friend's house to look at your check your email, you log into their computer, subscribe <laughs> from their account. Subscribe. <laughs> Do it, gorilla style. <laughs> oh, jeez. Ah, uh, yes. Oh, and you know what else? I just thought of a fun idea. We don't put anything out on the weekends, right? Yeah. Mm-mm. Nope. What if on Saturday or Sunday there was a exclusive um, preview clip of that week's podcast? Um, on YouTube. And what, Did you guys what think would, that's cool? What would be the audio? I mean, the video. Um, probably just me dancing or something. <laughs> that's fine with me. What about you guys? You guys think that'd be cool? I'm seeing a few yeses. Sue, since Sue's quiet. <laughs> I, I, I just... Sue, what do you think? Just, you're gonna do this once randomly on the weekends, because I'm not putting any uh, dancing videos of me up. I was gonna, I was gonna ask you to actually edit, Sue. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> Just, I think no. it's about that time, you guys. Ah, <laughs> uh, all right. Well, maybe you'll see that on Saturday, but you'll never know unless you click uh, YouTube.com/podcast. No, you won't. Of course, people won't hear this until Sunday, anyway. So. Oh, hey, our friend Matt, by the way, from the Wamping Willows, he's on tour. Um, I keep meaning to tell people on podcast, and yeah, he's he's totally on tour right now. So if you want to see the Wamping Willows perform. Go to myspace.com slash willows and check out his stuff. You should. Uh, is he performing right now? Yes, probably exactly right now, yeah. 
Oh, I was gonna say we could call him and ask him how Tira's going. We can ex- call him and Expelliarmus him. <laughs> we could. We have fun with that. Expelliarmus! Okay. Uh, Expelliarmus! Okay. Right. okay. Okay, guys. Is it time to start twiddling your own dials? I think so. A friend's dial? <laughs> can you not vilify, like, like defoul <laughs> the actual Such... words of canon? What? Can you actually def- not, like, refrain yourself from defouling the text? <laughs> defouling the canon. Yes. <laughs> defouling I like it. that word, befouling. It's fun to say. Podcast does not condone twiddling your friends' dials. Just twiddle your own, it's fine. Oh my god. John, John can you say it properly, please? The next please? password. <laughs> oh, oh, we're on B. Okay, I'm, I was b- b- stunned by that. No, I'm waiting for John to say it properly. Yeah, I know. I was just... Oh, 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 okay. Okay, well then, until next time, keep twiddling those dials. The next password will be... <laughs> Odd Socks. Ooh. Okay. okay. <laughs> Trust me on that one. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night! We've missed it. I confess myself disappointed. Now... If you don't mind, I'm going to bed. Great, Scott. No wonder. Look at the time. We've been here nearly four hours. Spooky how the time flies when one's having fun. <laughs> this week's podcast was edited by Brianna Rue, Michael Beckett, Andrew Garner, and Armin Volstead, and produced by John Noe and the Pottercast Quartet. Props to the Pottercast transcriptionals who transcribe this and every other episode of Pottercast at pottercast.com. To find out more about our show, listen to past episodes, and learn how to be part of future episodes, visit us at podcast.com.